So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that is so comprehensive, we do two season preview episodes. We must be the most prolific F1 podcast. Nobody does more F1 podcasts than us, do they? Don't forget the hyphen. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that will simultaneously slag off Drive to Survive while also completely distorting the truth to make things more interesting. What we should do there is put in an interview that me and Phil will do in about three months, being very on the nose about what's about to happen. An interview is when you talk to people. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the bicycle accident of F1 podcasts. <laughs> he didn't fall off a fucking bike. There is no way on God's earth that Lance Stroll fell off a fucking bike. What do you think it is? Sex injury? Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that is absolutely off its face on Flovis paint. Tell you what, it's fucking good shit. This Flovis got like little balls in it. Is that how it works? It's got little balls in it. What do you mean? That's all like little particles. That's what. The I mean, everything's got particles visits. in it, Terry. But can you snort it? Yes, you can. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the fucked up side pod of F1 podcast. It's just a dig at Mercedes. What? It just looks weird. Yeah. I'm G. Grayers and I'm back with the podcast that no one asked for. Yes, live from the internet in the post-testing pre-season preview episode. The teams with all their new shirts and fancy stickers meet up in Bahrain for a solitary three-day test and it immediately became clear who's going to win the title. But we'll get to that later. But in the meantime, we're going to be discussing bicycle safety, using the right glue and what the point is of reserve drivers, among other things. And we're also going to take a sneaky look at the new series of Drive to Survive. That is all to come. Joining me is a man who has switched things up. It is Phil Tromans. Big life changes is what I want to talk about here. Um, you may remember last year I was had my medical exam, was told I maybe drink slightly too much. So no more beer, no more whiskey, wine. Wine's where I'm at now. You look very sophisticated with a glass of wine, actually. I do. A, yeah. a, a look particularly helped by my long hair, unshaved face and NASCAR sweatshirt. <laughs> Sophistication. I mean, wine is the NASCAR of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Alongside him is a man who is not special anymore. 
It's Terry Saunders. Why aren't you special, Terry? You are t- special, Terry. So, no, special I'm not. When, I, when now, as you know, because you were there, I saw you both a few weeks ago in London. It was glorious for the podcast. And I came back to Berlin after my trip to London, and a few days after I got home, I was feeling a bit ill, and I got fucking COVID. Oh, you might fucking think COVID. You might think, oh yeah, everyone gets COVID, Terry. I'd never had COVID. You did. I got through well. the whole fucking pandemic without getting COVID, and then right at the fucking dog end of it, right on like last the last lap. Probably I don't I don't watch the news anymore. Suddenly I get fucking COVID. It's like your your right so rear tire exploded and you skittered off into the tire barrier. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations and, nice. and welcome to the exclusive club. But it's, it's kind yeah, of passe now, COVID, isn't it? I don't think it's as serious anymore. Somebody will write in and correct me if I'm wrong. It's like the Libertines. As soon as I started liking them, they were no longer cool. <laughs> Chica, what's going on with you? This week has been a big one because Monday night was the first night that Tom and I had without Mr. Baby. Um, We dropped him at my parents' house and we went to stay in a place in the New Forest. Lovely. All fine. I was so organised packing. I had like packed literally everything Anyway, got there and mum was like, oh no, it's all fine. We've got like, we're so ready. You have a lovely time. She was like, just pop the milk. We Anything you've forgotten. I was like, I haven't forgotten anything. Anything you've forgotten, we can do. We can do it. La, 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 that's fine. Um, I was like, I haven't forgotten. She went, just pop the milk in the fridge. And I was like, the milk. Oh no. And then flash, thinking back, I was like, the milk's still in our fridge. Oh dear. Fuck. And my poor father drove I think say had to had to feed your baby round trip he had to yeah I mean he's a medical marvel and he breastfed the baby okay so let's start with some news is Red Bull about to sell Alpha Tauri maybe says Germany's auto motor and sport magazine but no says the team principal Franz Tost a report suggested Red Bull was questioning the value of the team in the wake of Dietrich Mateschitz's death and could either move it to the UK from Italy or sell it. Toss didn't address the moving suggestion, but said that Red Bull management had assured him that the team wouldn't be sold. Do we believe him? I mean, do we trust Red Bull management? That's the question. No, no of course we don't. I've, I mean, we've been. I swear, we've postulated about this before. Like, what what is the point of Alpha Tauri, really, <clears throat> other than to sort of have a lot of disappointing drivers and every now and again get one who's all right, Sebastian Vettel. Well, the point of Alpha Tauri was the Red Bull Young Driver Program, which doesn't seem to really exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, no, since rather... they've just brought in uh, Nick De Vries. Yeah, exactly. So, if the 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 feeder team hasn't got any think to feed it then what's the point <laughs> it's just hungry but the, just hungry all the, time. The, the, the issue seems to be like uh, formula one teams are like gold dust at the moment or rather like a big pile of gold because as we found out from the andretti thing it's quite difficult to get a new team so if you've got a team it has value so if they do sell it they could probably sell it for a big old chunk um, but the team is based in a weird part of Italy because it used to be Minardi, and why bother? Yeah, I mean, it's based in a part of Italy that's sort of vaguely in their sort of equivalent of the motorsport triangle, but the only other Italian team is Ferrari. F1 team is Ferrari. 
Um, and there's a ton of teams in England. And in fact, even AlphaTauri has like a, a facility in, I want to say, Bicester. Um, so they've got an English thing going on. So they could maybe move them to the UK, but then where do you take them? Do you take them to Red Bull? Do you then have two teams at Red Bull? Because that seems a little weird. Or do you sell it? But then if you sell it to somebody, are they again then going to develop a rival to Red Bull using your team? It's a difficult one. Oh, that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, because you want to sell it, you don't want them to get good. You want to sell it knowing that it's going to continue to be a midfield team at best. What if you sell it and it becomes brilliant? If you sell it to Andretti or whoever, or who That's else wants true. a team? Stefan GP, do you remember them? Can't remember who it was. Well, what, how you feel good? Exactly. What would what it happens? take for it to become an amazing team? Like it just. I would say a better car, really good management, and some good drivers. That's all they need to do. There we go. So they're yeah. safe. Yeah, we know. We know the recipe. It's very simple. I don't know why more teams mm. don't do it. Um, so, in conclusion, I've no idea. I don't know what's going to happen. But, there, you know, no smoke without fire. Okay, so as we head off to race in the Middle East, questions are once again being asked about the ethics of it all. What with human rights and everything? Well, shut up, says F1 chief executive Stefano Domicali. When asked about F1's presence in Saudi Arabia, he said F1 could be an agent for change and part of a quiet revolution. He said revolutions are done in silence. What does that mean exactly? Shut the fuck up. Yeah, what it <laughs> means. Talk about it. What it means is that Stefano Domenicali knows bugger all about revolutions. How many quiet revolutions <laughs> do you quite remember? Quiet revolution. Yeah, the French were like, shh. Oh yeah, Fre- John Cage's uh, famous Les Miserables musical. That's a very what do good we joke. want? I'm very uh, pleased with that. When do we want it? Uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolute horseshit. I mean, you know, we've discussed before the argument that you know we're shining a light on this situation and. Maybe that's a good thing, and I'm I, I I still don't know where I stand on that. But to try and suggest that you're doing a silent revolution by taking along a full grid of petrol-powered Formula One cars is utter bollocks. <laughs> and I think this is the first time that anyone in F1 has ever talked bollocks, isn't it? I always quite like Stefano Domenicali. I always mm. thought we had a good, but oh, they've yeah. got him. They've got him. <laughs> he succumbed Oil to the bollocks. Finally got him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like they've, they've put one of his children in some oil and he's like right that's it when you say they've put them in some oil what do you mean isn't that what they do well like basted them or yeah, stuck them in well, an like, oil drum or a barrel of oil is about the size of a child so I just presume that every barrel of oil has a child in it <laughs> is oh, that okay. how it works yeah. I think so that's why the value of children goes up and down exactly <laughs> Barrel of children hits. I feel like a rolled doll book. Oh, fat children! You're going to get cancelled any moment. Oh dear. Uh, anyway, oh, that's I, all. I, I'd love. You know, I'd love to get cancelled. I could do with a bloody rest. <laughs> so, where are the women in F1? Well, it is an age-old question, but it could be answered by Susie Wolf. No, she's not been given a drive, but she is heading up F1's new all-female series, F1 Academy. This is a new series that hasn't exactly risen from the ashes of the W series, more like it's trampled all over them to do the things the F1 way. But anyway, F1 Academy is basically an all-woman Formula 4 series with some big-name junior racing teams, each one with three drivers racing over seven F1 events, and the aim is to get them into Formula 3 and then eventually into Formula 1. I mean, it's a long game, but it's great news. Uh, Well... It is, and it's to be applauded, but it seems a bit weird to me in that, A, they basically let F, 
W series die to do their own thing, which seems a little bit kind of well, why didn't you just sort of team up with them or help them like they had an infrastructure and it seemed to go well until it didn't. Um and also I just wonder like it's it's a step back from W series in terms of the level because they were Formula Three level cars, I think. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Terry's not correcting me, so I'm assuming it's right. Um I, I don't know. I did see a Formula W car once. Formula W. It's not it's not what it was called. He knows, he knows his stuff. <laughs> okay. Um it was like a Formula One car with a big bow on it, I think. I don't know. It just <laughs> it's in heels. <laughs> it was pink, yeah. Um I don't know. It just seems to me like the whole the whole issue with I mean I don't know lots about this, but it seems a weird way to pitch it. I'm sure they've thought about it, but surely you want to be getting more girls in from the absolute grassroots and then supporting them all the way up rather than going a Formula 4, which is still, you know, quite a high level of motorsport, I would have thought. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm sort of naturally kind of like suspicious, but also I want it to do well. Does that make sense? I think I think it's got very interesting branding because F1 Academy... Is a shit name. Terrible. Awful. Mm. W Series. Also, or, shit also terrible. Perhaps worse. Yeah. What, what, what should where it have is been? the line? Where is the line between we need to name it something that implies that it's a women's thing, but also we don't want to be patronising, mm. and also Academy just sounds like, oh, come on, darlings, you, yeah. you'll get there eventually. Yeah, come on, come to school. You can be with the big boys. <laughs> what, what do you think, Chica? Where, where, where should it be sort of pitched? Formula well, Lady. Ways, I kind of liked. I kind of liked W Series because it was sort of sounded like wrestling. <laughs> I suppose and you I could. Think... I think they should have leaned more into the WI. <laughs> or or the WI. Yeah. WI Series. The WI Series. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or we all jam. stand up and sing the national anthem. Well, they do that anyway. <laughs> do that every single motorsport race, don't they? the start they all in, line up on the grid and sing the national anthem or they, they should have true. just then sold true. scones afterwards no jerusalem that's what they're saying sorry oh um sorry i'm a formula former formula, a formula. I'm a former wi I'm a f- formula <laughs> w it's formula all coming w. together um so basically to conclude i am all for w series and i think formula um academy is stupid and demeaning well, W Series is Next. dead, so get over it. Yeah, I've I thought know. of a more demeaning name. Girl Power. <laughs> Formula Four. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're cancelled. I'm just. <laughs> if F1 was a football team, which football team would it be? Yes, that's right. Tottenham Hotspur. F1, stop laughing at your own jokes. I'm laughing at Tottenham fucking Hotspur. What the fuck's going on? F1 has signed a 15-year partnership deal with the London Club, which has will see a kart track built under the stadium, the establishment of a driver academy, and Harry Kane taking part in FP1 in Bahrain. Okay, the last bit's a lie. But what is all this about? I read it and I literally it blew my mind. Absolutely so I no idea. Did you put... What? Put, I thought I'll you, ask Phil. He'll get it. It's so did you, bizarre. Did you, did you ask ChatGPT to do a state of F1? Because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the kind of bullshit I'd come up with. It is, <laughs> it is very, very weird. Like, uh, this came right out. If you thought, what was it a few years ago? Super League formula. Do you remember that? Where it oh, was, when all the cars, all were, the football cars were football teams. And that was weird. 
But now it's like, no, F1 is now... And it's not just a short contract to see if it works. 15-year deal with Tottenham Hotspur. Like, a, a reasonable club with a reasonable history, but not exactly known for massive but success also, in recent uh, years. A car track under the stadium sounds so shit. Yeah, like, like an underground like going around, indoor yeah, stadium. It, if it was going around over the top of the stadium or through the on the grass, that would be quite an interesting thing. <laughs> but it's like going, oh yeah, we've got this car park we're not using. <laughs> I mean, I can only assume that is what happened because surely they're not digging out the pitch to put this thing in and then putting it back again. It must be a space that's already there, I guess. It's, it's insane. very odd. I mean, obviously I'm going to try and go along and drive it because it sounds like fun. We should go along and uh, you could break some ribs again. I'm not I'm not the going go-karting again. What, never? Are those days over? Are you retiring like Sebastian Vettel? If you remember, so we did go-karting together and I broke, cracked a rib. And then I went go-karting at Le Mans, 24-hour race. And I was going around the go-kart track and there was a safety car, which meant that I was on a track going faster than Fernando Alonso at that point. Probably not faster, to be honest, because I'd imagine... A Toyota under a safety car is quicker than I can go in a go-kart. But for a minute, it felt like I was going quicker because I was like foot down and he wasn't. I think the aim of this thing is that it's meant to... What is it meant to do? I don't know. Money laundering. <laughs> is that it? It's something to do with like... I think it's like encouraging people from like non-massively rich country pile backgrounds to get into motorsport. Because let's be honest, it's mostly people who live on a farm and have a you know go-kart that they can razz around the empty feeling and have lots of money that generally get into motorsport and this well, is I've meant to be said, like what about the people who live in tottenham i mean this is obviously bad news for anybody who lives in west ham or around near arsenal or anything like that but well you know i've always said that whenever i think of poor people i think of the premier league <laughs> <laughs> this is true those poor impoverished footballers it's very weird I don't know if this is going to be a thing that we hear about now and then we never hear about again, or if it's going to be something that pops up every now and again. We'll probably see a load of Tottenham players at random races. They'll just be like Harry Kane or I don't know who else is in Tottenham's team at the moment. Eric, I bet they Eric get Torsvet, I bet they, Gary I bet they get like an old. I bet they get like an old shit driver to be like an ambassador, and then we'll see. Or he's and we'll like John Alacy will be stuck under the tunnels for like 10 years like Phantom of the Opera they should bring him on for the last 5 minutes of the London Derby take take don't know what that means take Harry Kane off when Spurs are playing Arsenal put Jean Alessi or um, oh I don't know Gaston Mazzucani on see what happens Olivier Griard yeah that'd be good he sounds like he could be a Premier League footballer so yeah I'm down with that Olivier Griard sounds like a Premier Football League uh, Football League Footballer Football League that's right <laughs> or vegetable stock <laughs> let's move on and we're going to talk about for the first time this year the teams but we're going to have some scattered input from listeners corner for a bit of a treat but first a song and i thought because we are talking about girl power we would have some spice girls oh I need some love like I never needed love before. Uh, Gonna uh, make uh, you an uh, alpha towery. <laughs> never needed love. Now I'm back for more. Uh, season five of Red Survive, baby. That set your spirit free. 
It's the only way to be. Aston Martin was Jordan. Red Bull. <laughs> Nothing went wrong. Everything is the same and all of that is right, except Horner's e- ego is even bigger and Abu Dhabi 2021 is even further away. Where will Perez finish? Behind Max, probably third. So Ryan Simpson says it's going to be fucking Max again, isn't it? Yep. Maybe even before the summer break. What do you say, Terry? I think Red Bull are going to win everything, yep. but I'm hoping they won't. Focus on focus on the battle for second. That's where it's going to be fun. Do you know what I'm? Do you know what I'm really hoping for? Apocalypse. I'm hoping that the Aston Martin's fucking great and Alonso can just just fuck things up. I don't want him to win. I just want him to fuck things well, up. We'll, we'll get to that, okay, and, we'll I, talk and I think about he that. might. But um, but Red but Red Bull are going to win. But Perez will okay. somehow contrive to not be second, unless maybe he is. No, I think he will be second this year. They're better. They're better than everyone. I mean, the thing is, obviously, we're going to talk about Ferrari if mm. we bo- if we can be bothered. But <laughs> this is the thing: we can't talk about Red Bull because all we can talk about is how other teams can't do anything against mm. Red Bull. Yeah. Because Red Bull are like a black hole; they're just going to win. You know, the people that hated Mercedes winning year after year after year, which I was fine with because I like Lewis Hamilton. This must be what it was like to be them. Mm. Well, it was like when Vettel <laughs> was winning everything at Red Bull donkeys years ago, but. The only slight sliver of hope is that they have that penalty, don't they, for not being allowed to, for A, being cheating bastards, and also uh, winning. They get much less testing and development wind tunnel time, don't they, this year. So maybe people will catch up a bit more later in the season. Not quite clear how it works. Ferrari. Ferrari are being very quietly confident about their pre-season, which either means A, they are going to win, or B, they are going to be able to win, but they will fuck it up, or C, they've forgotten to put an exhaust system in, and they are all high on fumes. (laughs) Which is it? I think they might do all right this year, he says very slowly and cautiously, because Fred Fasseur has come in, and I sort of like the cut of his jib so far, because he immediately came in and fired the strategist. Um, mm. from last year which is like good everything, everything just seems calm with him around do you know what I mean mm. well, he's a, mm. he's a vasseur just... he gives them a vassage mm. Um, mm. a nice back vassage um, <laughs> and the car seems like it's good but not as good as the Red Bull and I think if because last year it was maybe even better than the Red Bull, but then they were catastrophic on just about everything else. So maybe if they've leveled that out and they've got a reasonable car and they don't make any silly mistakes and they've got two pretty decent drivers, they should be, you would think, fairly comfortable third and fourth in the championship, second in the constructors. It's depressing. Isn't it's it? where my money would go. But they are also Ferrari, so who knows? They might decide randomly just to put on, you know motorcycle tyres for no discernible reason or pit mm-hmm. on the last lap of a race I mean again they've got rid of Binotto which I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not it's not like Ferrari was shit were good before him and then shit with him I don't see any reason how <coughs> in fact I mean Freddie Vaseline whatever he does <laughs> I don't see him in the space of like a month or two months fixing Ferrari's problems. Do you know what I mean? Like, even if they've got the best car, and even if he's come in and gone, right, we're going to stop doing all this shit, they're up against fucking Red Bull, you know? It's like, there's no way. Oh, they won't win. Yeah, at best, 
they'll come a slightly disappointing second. I think they'd be all right with that. Let's let's remember that for all Bonotto's faults, they, they, the Ferrari of last year were way better than they'd been before. It's only because they looked so good at the beginning of last season that we were disappointed for the rest of the season. If 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 the previous few seasons you'd have said that's where they're going to finish, last year we'd have gone well, great, they'll have done a brilliant job. But um, um yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic, but also absolutely ready to point and laugh when something goes wrong. I mean, I hope I hope they'll do okay. I mean, I've just been watching Drive to Survive, and there's the bit in Monaco where they tell Charlie Clint to come in, that he's on the way into the pits, and signs is already there. And they're like, no, don't come in! And it's just like, that that kind of... I forgot we had two cars! Fuckery, <laughs> that kind of dumb fuckery does not go away just by going, can we, can we be a bit less shit this year, guys? It's just, that needs a root and branch reform of the team. Maybe he's done that. I don't know enough detail about it. I know he got rid of some people, but we'll see. We'll see. Mercedes. They still have no side pods, but they also have no porpoising this year. Unfortunately for the team, they don't seem to have that much speed either. But Mm. at least the car is black again. Hamilton did say there are underlying issues, though. But does that just mean that we're shit and that is a bit of an issue? The black thing is interesting, isn't it? Because before they were they were black because they were raising awareness of Black Lives Matter and all this kind of stuff and general uh, injustice, and then they went back to silver and now they've gone back to black again. But the reason they've gone black this time is very different, is because it means they don't have to put any paint on it and thus they save some weight. So it's just kind of bare carbon <laughs> fibre with a couple of stickers, which, which is a fairly recurring theme actually down the grid at the moment. I mean, obviously, it's Formula One and all weight matters, but how much does paint weigh? Yeah, I, think I was going to say. A few, a few hundred grams, apparently. Like enough, because that's, I mean, that's the reason they were the silver arrows in the first place, is they, they, they used to be white back in the 30s. And in order to get down mm. to the weight limit, they chiseled all the paint off when the cars were still aluminium or whatever they were. And that's when they went silver. So now they've basically done the same again, as have largely um, Sauber and, Mercedes, um, and McLaren, I think, as well. Like they're basically bare carbon fiber with some stickers on now i'm thinking about it i painted my sitting room last year in carbon fiber and it was carrying the paint home from the diy shop was quite heavy yeah and now it's Mm. all on the wall it doesn't seem as heavy yeah and that was presumably just dulux it wasn't super fancy f1 paint or super fancy f1 was it It cost so much money (laughs) oh my god but very aerodynamic yeah you nothing lands on that wall (laughs) Um, but yeah, it doesn't seem very fast. Well, the thing is, they've basically got the problem that all the other teams had against them the other year. They've, they've Red Bull, especially, and Ferrari to a lesser extent, have basically got a head start on Mercedes. So now Mercedes have fixed the problems of last year, but they're playing catch up. So unless Mercedes can do double as good as Red Bull they're always going to be a bit behind, mm. which makes me kind of think that this whole rules era is going to be Red Bull until 2026. That does seem to be the way of the, the, the last couple of decades, as you you, yeah. you have the team that interprets it best at the start, and the other teams just can't catch up. See until also. the last year, when it, yeah. when it gets really close. And, and then they, they go, change oh, it. Again. change the rules now. Yeah, sorry. Mm. Yeah, it does seem to be the way. I mean, Mercedes have apparently said that they have a, a kind of new design in the works, which makes you think, well, why have you still got this one then? Like they seem to be quite hopeful yeah. that they're gonna they're gonna come on great guns a few races in, but 
Which quite why they couldn't before, do that over right? the break. Well, yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah, but also don't forget, Red Bull used to always start the year with a shit car and get better. So they've just swapped around. Hmm. Well, yeah, and and as we said before, with the with the restrictions that Red Bull are under because of their own deviousness and success, they won't have the opportunity that they had before to come on quite so strong towards the end of the season. But so, yeah, it could be inverse where they started really good and maybe they get a bit shitter later on. But we're holding on to hope. That's all we've got. And Ferrari. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Aston Martin. Mm. Oh, so approximately every 76 years, Halley's Comet flies past the Earth. And also approximately once in every 76 years, Fernando Alonso starts a season with a team move in the right direction. The Aston could well be a top three car and Lance Stroll has a mysterious bike accident. <gasps> this is a cracking story, isn't it? We've got some, we've got some listener reaction to this, I think. Ooh. Exactly. So Andy Dixon says, I can't wait to see how this promising Aston Martin f- falls to shit in the hands of Alonso. Jamal Makhlouf says, Lance Stroll will be back Kibitza style and win with one arm. Well, that last bit isn't Kibitza style. <laughs> Evo Fantini says, so far everything looks awesome. Merck, Ferrari and Aston Martin might fight all year long, giving us real entertainment since energy drink boys are going to just walk away with the trophy. It's true. This is where this is where the battle is. This is where the fun's going to be. Mm. Second, third and fourth, or possibly third and fourth. Because it looks like, it looks like somehow Aston Martin might have a faster car than Mercedes. Well, this how, is a how very. How did this happen? Because they've copied Red Bull. This is a very interesting thing. I've been listening to lots of geeky podcasts. So, Red Bull have got the fastest car last year. So, all the other teams apart from Mercedes and Ferrari have gone. Let's copy the Red Bull. And Aston Martin have copied it the best because that team is really good at copying things. Oh yes, right? a few years ago the, with the pink Mercedes, the tracing know? point. Yeah. And Mercedes and Ferrari have gone. Well, we can't copy Red Bull. We've got to carry on with our own concepts. Otherwise, we're never going to beat them. So we've got to just hope we can win. Which sounds a bit McLaren-y, Honda, mm-hmm. doesn't it? So, so really, the best of the, the the best of all the other teams of copying Red Bull has been Aston Martin. Which I'm not sure that's good for the brand or not. I'm sure if they win some races, it'll be good. <clears throat> but more importantly, I just don't believe when Formula One drivers fall off bikes. <laughs> <laughs> Because remember when, what was it, Montoya fell off a bike, but he did, was it a tennis accident, but he didn't? No, it was, that was when he was on a motorbike, which he wasn't allowed to be, so we said it was a tennis accident. Did Mark right? Webber also fall off a mountain bike or something? Bollocks, he was nobbing a hooker. Or something, <laughs> <wasn't> <laughs> <it>? so, <laughs> nobbing a hooker? God's sake. <laughs> Second time you've been cancelled. <laughs> I live in a very sex-positive world in Berlin, and I would never say words like "hook up" in my room. <laughs> well, how would you how would you rephrase that situation in a sort of more <laughs> sex-positive way? Having <laughs> sex with a sex worker. Okay, <laughs> it's not as funny. Employment. <laughs> gainful employment of, <laughs> of he was employing. <laughs> He's gainfully employing. Okay. I mean, that's not the case with Lance Stroll. Let's be honest. Um, maybe he what, did fall off a bike. I don't know. I or just, it's a I've hit always, job by his dad to try and get Felipe Drogovic. I've always had this. I've always had this feeling that Lance Stroll doesn't want to be a Formula One driver. I've mentioned it many times before. I always think of him like I want to be a lumberjack. He's like his rich dad's made him be a Formula One driver, and he hates it. And I think 
he knows that this year is the chance to maybe win some races and that's the last thing he wants because <laughs> he want to be a Formula 1 driver so he's holed up somewhere in a, a council house in Bermondsey and he's ringing his dad going oh I know my arm still hurts I fell, I fell off a bike <laughs> and Drogovic which is the most made up name like, like if I ever made up a fucking can we have a can we have a Russian sports star name please I mean, oh yeah Ivan Drogovic <laughs> is that his first name what Fili- is his first Felipe name? where's he from uh, I actually have no oh, come idea come on Phil because that's a very Russian it James is, Bond Fili- name Fili- he's Brazilian Italian God Drogovic hello <laughs> Hello, Mr. Bond. My name is Felipe Drogovic. I'm here to give you the drugs. I mean, it gives oh. it, if he stays around, because it looks like he was in for testing. You nobody hookers. <laughs> so Drogovic was in for Stroll for testing, for the whole of testing. <coughs> so if, if Stroll is back this weekend, which is not looking terribly likely, because the, the rumours are that Stroll broke his wrist, but they are unsubstantiated. And if you're breaking your wrist, that's going to take a while to get A, heal, and B, get strong enough to drive a Formula <coughs> 1 car. I mean, because we could just, have Drogovic I mean, for a couple of races. Because I cracked a rib, exactly, <laughs> and, you, and you missed the beginning of the F one season. You like we didn't. We hard in the end. We didn't see you the whole season. Phil, I missed that whole season. Yeah, yeah. I've never been the same. <laughs> it, it basically ruined your F one career. Um, yeah. I mean, Drogovic in is, a way was also the making of my F one career. Sure. <laughs> Drogovic is the reigning F two champion. So in some ways, he's he's more than qualified. Some some would say he's more qualified than Lance Stroll to be there, but. Actually, it's probably harsh on Stroll because he has done all right. Um, Stroll's been in Formula One for like twenty years now, so I don't care. He's got a couple of podiums. Did he win a race? Did I imagine that he got a podium? No, he's got a couple of podiums. Yeah. But look, 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 look. Mm. What, what year do you reckon Stroll did his first race? Oh, probably longer ago oh, than like I think. Nineteen thirty. Twenty eighteen. Hang on. Hang on. Sorry, right, I'm looking. Welcome to live Googling. 2017. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. So he's got six years. Six years. Exactly. And I think, he's a, I think he's now at the point where he's a solid pair of hands, but he is going to be massively shown up by Alonso. Well, he's not a solid pair of hands anymore if he's got a no, broken he's, got, he's, he's a solid hand. <laughs> and then one slightly gammy hand. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, good for Drogovic. I think, you know, we've, we've previously bemoaned, lots of people have previously bemoaned the fact that if you win F2, that's no guarantee that you'll get an F1 seat. So... Drogovic has a chance to show what he can do, and it worked well for Nick De Vries last year, who's promptly got a seat with the shittest team. But um, you know, good luck to him. Maybe we won't see Lance Stroll back at all. I don't know. Maybe I don't think we Lawrence will. Stroll will adopt Felipe Drogovic as his new son. There was a great rumor that Vettel was going to come out of retirement for about twenty minutes. That oh. was well, that was weird, wasn't it? Because there was I was watching was, the interviews after that, and and what's his name? My crack. Um, <laughs> that's where I keep my Drogovic middle <laughs> noises were emanating from my crack um, <laughs> and he refused to he refused to rule out despite being directly asked repeatedly he refused to mm. rule out Vettel coming back but then like yeah, half an hour later w- they said yeah Drogovic will be doing it it felt like it wasn't just like a wild Twitter rumour like I think someone they were waiting for Vettel to find his phone down the back of the sofa and they was like oh, get fucked and when he said get fucked they went no 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 we'd never have it but I reckon they definitely put some feelers out well it sounded like 
uh, Mike Crack. It sounded like I can't say his name without laughing. It sounded like Mike Crack had been. If your briefed. name is Mike Crack, you wouldn't. <laughs> you say call Michael. yourself Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it, it sounded like Mike Crack was briefed by the PR guys, like don't admit anything. But by not admitting anything, he just fueled the rumours even more. But it does seem mm. like. I mean, there there should be a rule where if you have a reserve driver, he is the one that you sh- you that you turn to, and yeah. there shouldn't be any debate about this. But. The trouble is, reserve driver these days isn't worth the paper it's printed on because half the time it's just you pay a lot of money to wear a pair of headphones, and actually we'll just get Nico Hulkenberg. When you choose a reserve driver, you have in mind that that's probably who you want to (laughs) drive if you have a gap. No, you think so? Yeah. There's no way Mercedes are going to use Mick Schumacher. There's no way Red Bull are going to use Danny Ricciardo. So why why do they have them then? PR money. Who knows. Mm. Well, Mick, the Schumacher name is good to be attached to Mercedes. But, but yeah. the Mick Schumacher name is not one you want driving for you. No, no. M. Schumacher. <laughs> M. Schumacher. <laughs> it is good. Mm. And Danny Ricciardo is just there on a humiliation tour. Just... <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, Michael Schumacher wasn't that great at Mercedes, let alone Mick. Well, this is true as well. But Ricciardo, they're just going to be there. You know, it's, it's just they've gone, yeah, yeah, you can be a reserve driver. If anything happens, we'll call you up. And then, like, I am... I am hoping in the nicest possible way that something happens to Perez or Verstappen this year and watch as they don't pick Ricardo to do the other job. Actually, alternatively, it would be fucking hilarious if they do put him in and everyone's just like, oh, God, poor Ricardo. This is just going to be so embarrassing. And he turns out to be absolutely brilliant again. And it was just, he just couldn't drive the McLaren for some reason. Well, we should talk about that. No. Now? Or should we wait? That's a perfect lead into... Now. McLaren! Which team, <sighs> lauded in the 80s and 90s, but are now a sorry, which team lauded in the eighties and nineties, but are now a shadow of their former selves are back of the grid, wasting promising. Does that make sense? I mean, it doesn't make sense, but you could have you could have made it make sense by reading extra punctuation and words. <laughs> I didn't put I'll add a few more in. <laughs> which team lauded in I'm the eighties and nineties, but now a shadow of their I'm former just, selves are at the I'm back sorry, of the grid? Yeah, okay, okay. I just put in kind of guide words, Chica, and you're supposed to kind of flesh it out and make it make sense. Mm, I know, but it's <laughs> nine o'clock and I've been up for many hours. Okay. No, it's fine. It didn't make sense. I'm sorry. Which team, louder in the 80s and 90s, but now a shadow of their former selves, are at the back of the grid, wasting promising young drivers' careers and mired in management changes? Williams! No. McLaren! <laughs> No one is quite sure whether the team will be celebrating or wanting to change teams slash career. We'll be honest, it's not looking great. And some pundits reckon they could even be slower than Williams. How? What has gone wrong here? Well, for a start, the car doesn't look very fast. But also, the car during testing very often didn't work, which is fairly unforgivable, I would say. Like, you've got to at least make sure that everything... I think it was like the, the little... Uh, shenanigans above the wheels, what they call wheel covers or whatever they are. <laughs> Apparently they just kept falling off, which seems a fairly rudimentary thing to test and like they kept having to glue that. And it was something to do with like the glue wasn't very good at getting hot when the brakes got all hot and everything. And so they just kind of kept falling off because the glue melted or something along those lines. And it just seems like it's a little bit amateur hour at McLaren. Which, when you've got does... when you've got a hot hot prospect in the form of Oscar Piastri, and a super 
hot prospect slash future world champion tipped guy like Lando Norris is not great because how long is he going to hang around for? If you, I mean, only it only just occurred to me today that Piastri has made a big fuck. Yeah, up. he's properly Alonso. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, that whole, oh, I'm not going to drive for shitty LP and I'm going to go to McLaren. It's like, oh, mate, that was a <laughs> stupid idea, wasn't it? Fucking McLaren. And it's making me rethink Ricardo, actually. Because like, Piastri had a big, well, Piastri had a big spin. Obviously, he's only driven the car for a couple of days, so we can't make too many comparisons. But he had a big spin. And Norris is moaning about the car being hard to drive again. But it seems like possibly Lando Norris is a fucking spectacular driver who can drive that dog shit piece of car around and make it look okay and actually the car is shit and Ricardo like was Ricardo actually the kind of the honest check of that car like was was the way that he was driving the way the car should be driven as in shit and is if Piastri is a shit this year does that just mean that McLaren have built these weird cars that only Lando Norris can drive and actually, Ricardo isn't shit. He's just like, they've given him an undrivable car, and that's his career ruined. Well, it could be that Norris is another one of these, you know, really top-tier drivers who can drive their way around anything. Because some, as we've talked about before, some drivers, like, if you give them a car that perfectly suits the way they like their car to feel, will be super quick. But if it's not, they'll be shit. Whereas others, yeah. like Hamilton, Alonso, possibly Verstappen, although we've only really seen him in Red Bulls and um, Toro Rossos, but... They they can take anything and get the most out of it, but other drivers can't. Well, actually, that's been so interesting. Could this be Norris as well? Did you see that Albon did this big interview, saying what it's like being Verstappen's teammate and about how they just the whole car is built around Verstappen, which is kind of we all knew, but it's kind of interesting to hear. And he has a different driving style to Verstappen, and he's just like, "There's no, there's no chance that you can beat Verstappen because the car is literally." built around as every woman need but so. then you take somebody like mm. Hamilton or Alonso and let's be honest Alonso for all his faults he has driven all sorts of different cars and he's been pretty consistently he's driven them all yeah. pretty much consistently as quick as they'll go and Hamilton as well been across a couple of teams and uh, even within fewer teams a couple of shitty cars has again got the most yeah. out of them and in his junior career as well you know you can pretty much guarantee if you give them any car they will drive it as fast as it will go but there's not many drivers that will be able to do that. So maybe Norris is one of those. Maybe maybe in a couple of seasons he finally gets into a good car or another team and we see how good he is. Because, yeah, there is the danger if he stays at McLaren and they keep going where they're going that we he becomes one of the also-rans and we'll never really know. It's mm. a shame. Alpine! Things looked promising for upcoming races at Alpine, if you base that on the performance in a situation that was nothing like a race. So Adam Forward says, based on testing, I'm expecting in 2023 that Alpine will continue to act with a maturity and ability that is their hallmark and there won't be the slightest bit of schadenfreude every time they pass Piastri's smoking McLaren parked on the side of the track. I will talk about Drive to Survive a little later, but I have just watched the episode where they do the whole Piastri thing and... Yeah, I mean, Schadenfreude is the best word for it because that's the sort of thing us Germans say all the time. And you're right, he's on Alonso. That's the only way to describe it. He is perfectly done at Alonso. He's, he had a seat at a team that, in fairness, I mean, Alpine don't look amazing, but they look all right. Would that be fair they to say? Right. They I look mean, okay. Well, they, they look interesting because they didn't do any glory runs and they didn't do any, like, super fast times. 
Well, so they didn't. But, they didn't empty the fuel tanks and stick on the fastest tires and set. Yeah, and so they're, they're on the list. They're not very high at the list, but according to all the people in the paddock, they're saying that they've never had the engine fully turned up. Like that, they've that they've been a little bit cocky, confident, which mm. could backfire, obviously, or it could be. Things. What I think might happen this year is all the teams have radically improved, so they all stay in the same order, <laughs> apart from Aston Martin, maybe. Yeah, I mean, they're, but, also their driver lineup yeah. is interesting as well because they're both they've got two race winners in their team, but they were one race winners and they were a little bit sporty. Two fluky mm. races, <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. if, if, but they hate each if other. There's, if there's going to be a fluky race win this year, statistically. <laughs> It's going to go to one of them, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. And, it, and Piastri might be sitting there going, Rrr. and the word, you know, the word on the street, as far as I could tell, <laughs> being from the street as I am, is that Piastri is probably a better driver than both of them, based on his junior yep. run. So yeah. But what's better, to be a better driver in a shitter McLaren, or to be in a, a shitter driver in a faster Alpine? Well, we'll, we'll, Confucius we'll said. find out at Bahrain, as he also said. <laughs> A lot of good quotes there, Confucius, isn't it? Revolutions are silent. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Ooh, what's, what's that big pile of money? <laughs> silent but deadly. <laughs> Take my child out of that oil. <laughs> Con- <laughs> Confucius said. Yeah. Alfa Romeo. Alfa has a new sponsor for 2023, and with it, new livery that looks very much like a half-peeled Ferrari. And maybe it's worked wonders, as the car didn't look too shonky in Bahrain as it begins treading water, with years waiting for Aldi to properly take Al- over. Aldi? <laughs> Aldi, finally. <laughs> finally, that supermarket. That would be amazing. That would, be, that would open up to a whole, fair, new, uh, whole new demographic. Oh, like, I love Aldi. <laughs> I think we should leave them in. Um, Everyone knows who we mean. <laughs> did you know, actually, there's... There's two Aldis in Germany. Are there? Mm-hmm. There's Audi and Audi North or Blue or something. And it was two brothers and they decided to split Germany in two, which is... <gasps> like Romulus and Remus. I don't know what that means. And, <laughs> okay. But they did North and South. So in the North of Germany, you only get Audi. And in the South of Germany, you get Audi. I mean, it sounds like the south history of Ireland, but it also sounds like the, um, <laughs> the story the of... of Germany. <laughs> well, also another g- two German brothers who did the same thing were the Dassler brothers. What Adi Dassler, who formed Adidas, and his brother, who formed Puma, and they hated each other and formed competing athletic shoe manufacturers. Is that It true? must be a German thing. Wow. It is true. Germans love splitting things into... German brothers love fighting and then forming... forming uh, Forming companies to battle each other. Anyway, what were we talking about? Alfa Romeo. It'll be that last year. They'll, they'll have some good points finishes at the start of the year. Then they'll slip down the order. Um, you know, that team is now, yeah, it's waiting to become Lidl, as they say in <laughs> Germany. It's not Lidl, it's Lidl. Lidl. <laughs> Lidl. Um, yeah, like, what what can what can they do? I mean, Alfa, I know that Alfa Romeo probably haven't spent that much money naming the team, but it must be a weird thing as a kind of marketing ploy to be like okay we're now alpha romeo right the Mm -hmm. cyber team is alpha romeo we're spending a lot of money to call the team alpha romeo but everyone knows in two years it's going to be audi Mm. (laughs) and everyone knows all the decisions we make now in our alpha romeo team is actually going to benefit audi i think it has worked quite well for them though because everybody has referred to it as alpha romeo over the last couple of years um whereas you remember a couple of years ago it was the aston martin red bull because it was just the title sponsor, which is essentially what Alfa Romeo have done here. But nobody was calling it the Aston Martin, they were calling it the Red Bull. Tag Heuer. Tag Heuer. Do you remember that? 
Do you remember when they said that the, 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 there was a watch in the back of the car? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> the more you shook it, the longer it left, lasted. Um, the car looks like it's all right. And I, if I was a betting man, mm-hmm. I would put a very sneaky £2 on Joe getting a podium this year. What do you think about that? That's my outlandish, out on a limb prediction. A sneaky two pounds. Yeah. And what would you do with if the winnings? We, I actually have no idea what Dogs the odds trust. would be, but um, no, no, I'd, I'd keep it and spend it on wine, expensive wine, okay. and also fixing my BMW. I need to buy a watch. Ah, oh, we'll talk. We'll start a podcast. We're not going down that road. We're not doing you fucking watch. When I had COVID. I got hooked on fucking YouTube shorts, which is fucking dangerous. It's like fucking TikTok for YouTube. <laughs> and scarily quickly, it goes to videos about watches. Fucking Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson. Oh, don't watch those fucking... No, I don't, but it just scrolls past, right? And I hate all of it, and it's disgusting. Uh, watches are cool. And I love watches. And lots of podcasts being filmed for YouTube Shorts where the people on the podcast are all reclining in, like, chairs wearing caps. And, look, we've done podcasts for years, and if there's one thing we know about podcasts, you sit forward. Mm. You put the microphone quite closely to yourself. And I don't understand this casual podcasting. I don't like it. <laughs> right, come on, then. Hey. Hey. Bumding a hoo house. Bumding a hoo house. Is that their new <laughs> chief sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> Secured sponsor from Bumding a Hoo. <laughs> Yeehaw! House is being driven by two old memes this year and may have the dullest livery ever seen in F1. No one fucking cares. Who wrote that? <laughs> it's accurate. Gunter Steiner so, wrote it. One, the only thing, noticeable thing about Haas, other than the fact that they have two old men drivers, who will be fine, I'm sure, um, is uh, I, the story that they are saving money, what with cost cap and everything, by having a really tiny pit wall gantry. You know, normally they have the little the little shed on the pit wall where everybody sits and looks at their computers. They've got a really Perhaps tiny much. one this year with only three seats on it. Most of the time they have like six or eight people. Haas has got a really little one this year because they're going to put the money towards other stuff. <laughs> Except I read it wrong because I didn't realise they were just kind of cutting seats. I just thought it was going to be the same thing, but much smaller. <laughs> what, so it's like, just like little tiny stools. This is like when I went to parents' evening at my daughter's nursery this week, and we had to sit on the three-year-old's chairs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> we tiny little Fisher-Price laptops, <laughs> and then they have a big argument and start slapping each other. Uh, yeah, I, I have very little to say. To the car, the car looked all right. I think, didn't it? It wasn't. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't brilliant. It will be sort of battling for the mid of the midfield, and they've yeah. got two reasonable drivers who are on their day are all right, but have off days as well. God, I totally forgotten Nick De Vries is driving for Alpha Tauri. I knew he was driving. Mm. <laughs> Does that say but what we need to say about Haas? I... The fact that you're looking at Alpha Tauri already. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, let me move on to then. Right. Ready? Let's do that. Ready? <laughs> I got Alpha Tauri. Oh, I just presume we'd carried on. <laughs> well, then, this is going to be a long fucking year. <sighs> As we heard earlier, thank you. Alpha Tauri is almost definitely not for sale. And it's probably just as well because testing suggests that the car is doing a reasonable impression of a giant pile of shit. It didn't seem to handle well and it didn't go very fast. 
And as Terry has reminded us, might might Nick DeVries have already scored all the F1 points he's going to get? Yeah, maybe. It doesn't look great. It doesn't look as bad as the Williams and the McLaren, but I don't think it's too far off. I don't think Nick DeVries is going to see out the year. Really? Who's going to come in? That's my Ooh, cheeky How long bet. will he last? They'll give there's no, Red Mo- the there's no more Grand Red Bull Prix. Juniors. Who are they going to have? Mick Schumacher. <laughs> Nicholas Latifi. Um, Nikita Mazepin. Lance Stroll. Oh, that would be a switch around. He comes back and he's grown his hair long and got a tattoo and decided he's not going to drive for his daddy anymore. He's going to drive for somebody else. That would be a good story. Yeah. What happened? What if Vettel comes back? <gasps> To win the the win the Italian Grand Prix to bookend his career, that would be good. In and out where it all began, in the team where it all began. Mind you, they have had another yeah. win since then. Um, well, Gasly, weird, weird, weird yeah. things. About, yeah, it's weird. Like they've, I keep forgetting that team has had two wins, admittedly over the course of were, nearly twenty years. But and they were Minardi before that. And they had no wins. Don't forget. Anyway, um, yeah, they look pretty terrible. And Sonoda's still there for some reason, and he's. I don't understand how he's still got a seat, but it could just be because they haven't got any other options. They've got anyone <laughs> left. He's, he's They're just going around the factory going, does anyone know how to drive an F1 car? You know that <laughs> thing where you, you, you go somewhere and there's a big queue and you're queuing for ages, and you look behind you and there's no one queuing behind you? That's Sonoda. Mm. <laughs> like, well, how come? This place is really popular. Why did no one else come in behind me? Sorry, don't know. You've you've ruined it for everybody, Yuki. <laughs> yeah, uh, no no great hopes from them really. Williams, Williams were bad, but that doesn't take a genius. They do have a new boss who will be very pleased that this year they seem to be only just last though, and not last, last, last. Well, there's some debate as to whether they are actually last or not because some people are saying mm, maybe it's actually McLaren, so maybe it's actually AlphaTauri, but general consensus this is, is yes, always it's still Williams, testing. but only just. And as we know, you can read nothing from testing, but that's exactly what we're doing. I mean, McLaren say at least that they're going to have an update to their car, which will make it less shit because they know what's wrong with it, which, you know, take that with a pinch of salt. Williams have not said that. Well, they haven't said much because they're, they're going, fucking hell. This car's great. <laughs> they haven't said much because yeah, their new boss has only just joined. And I, as we talked about last time, I've got reasonable hopes for Valtteri. It's James Vowles that he might be able to do some He's good stuff. He's a really bad communicator, though. Well, you, you always know who he's speaking because he—that's how he introduces himself. I hope he's going to do that every single interview. He just doesn't use any consonants, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's looking at the countdown the to the new season this weekend. Yeah, okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, Carol Vorderman. And now it's time for the state of Drive to Survive with Terry Saunders. Oh, it's Carry On Drive to Survive. <laughs> What's gone from an exciting behind-the-scenes look at F1 has become some weird dramatised reality show where the main players say things so staggeringly on the nose they must have been forced to act out scenes at the end of the year. Where once it was a little hammy to hear the F1 commentators go into a booth in Soho and record clunky exposition, now we happen to be filming Christian Horner and Ginger Spice camping when the (laughs) Piastri tweet happens. What? And with dear old Oscar Piastri, on an earlier ep describing the new protégé, Otmar Schaffsnauer is at pains to state that the team had spent $4 million on his junior career. Then he looks to the camera and says, that's a lot of money, with a <laughs> Kenneth Williams-style wink. 
because this has become Carry On F1. The first episode is a little road trip with Gunther Steiner, played by Sid James, and Kenneth Connor playing Matteo Binotti. After a jaunty drive through Italian hills that look like boobs, Binotti starts saying, on camera, it's a lot of pressure being ahead of Ferrari and it's really hard, boo-hoo-hoo. Cuts the end of the season and he has to say, Charles, it is not I, Leclerc. Good joke, that. But the absolute hero of the piece has to be Christian Horner, played by Frankie Howard, using every second of airtime to look like a total with an efficiency only rivaled by the aerodynamics of an Adrian Newey car. And in the traditional carry-on set piece, in the explosive team principals briefing, he starts shouting at Toto Wolff, played by Bernard Breslau, saying, is he acting up for the cameras? Because I could give him a hint or two. Ooh, matron. Ooh, fucking fuck fuck. Oh, it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Honestly, it's made in, it's made in Chelsea. They just have I hate all of that the, shit. You know, you know, I like a good documentary. I hate that reality they, bollocks. There's two people sitting down that are describing so accurately what's going to happen. Either they're all mystic fucking Meg, or this has all been recorded at the end of the year. For example, okay, the, the bit in my notes. There's a bit where the, Mark Webber and Oscar Piastri are sat like in some mountains at a restaurant. And they've obviously said to the both, right, can you guys just kind of pretend you're having a chat and you're, you're just talking about signing for McLaren? And like, Mark Webber goes, so where's your head at now? Uh, this is a quote I've written this down word for word Oscar Piastri says well firstly I'm excited there's not many people in the world that can say they'll be an F1 driver but certainly not un- underestimating this is the beginning of a long journey and everything I've done the last 12 years has led to this point and beyond <laughs> like, talks no like one that. talks like that <laughs> <laughs> no one says that and it's like you're supposed to make us believe and it's like everything like the bit at the start with Steiner and Bonotto going like oh it's really hard it must be really hard being the Ferrari boss he's like yes it will be hard I hope I make it to the end of the year and they don't <laughs> find me at the end of the last race because I fucked up well that'd be terrible wouldn't it oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh it's so frustrating oh that's a shame I haven't I don't think I've watched it since maybe season two because I yeah I just felt like it was just getting a bit silly and wasn't really reflecting what I was seeing so you wouldn't recommend it it's got me in the mood a bit to watch the race this week which I guess is its main point you know it's given me a refresher like honestly it was only watching that that I thought about the whole thing about Piastri being in McLaren is now objectively hilarious because of all that Fernando Alonso was basically playing like a wily villain he's like oh i guess i'm the bad guy now because i left so it's quite it's entertaining it's just silly obviously well obviously it's worked for formula one because formula one is huge now the netflix effect is huge it's a big thing that's made everything more popular around the world the netflix series was never designed for formula one fans like us to have an in-depth look at this this isn't like a vhs it's at the end of the year like a season review but i do feel like they've missed a trick because it was the first couple of seasons was like with all this footage you don't see of the, the the teams and the drivers and everything and now it just feels so staged it just feels like it's kind of jumped its own shark and now it's just a bit of a soap opera which i guess it was always going to be because it's formula one teams and they, they learn how to make the most of a situation so it's like it's like a rule change they need to change the format of drive to survive every couple of years to keep everyone on their toes so we have actually had uh, people getting in touch with their reactions. Phil McWilliam says, Christian Horn has clearly used this series of DTS to leave the few people left on the planet who don't think he's a bell end in no doubt. Jason Tate said, apart from fueling my dislike of all things Horner, which is fine, I'm comfortable with my choices, it was a bit dull. And if you binge watched it, way too repetitive due to it not covering enough races. Andy Dixon says, DTS is all a bit meh. It's not a season review. I know that, but it misses good bits and edits bits that 
didn't happen or make no sense. Gwen Harkness says, it was truly amazing how they avoided reality. No problems in Saudi Arabia, nothing about Verstappen stepping out of line or his mother bashing Checo. It truly became F1 propaganda that Putin would be proud of. Charles Brooker said, drive to survive, more like strive to contrive. What a load of old (laughs) shit. Why am I compelled to watch it? It makes me the worst kind of person. At least it's better than the golf and tennis ones. And finally, Ken Owen says, DTS is made for people who know duck all about F1. I love it. (laughs) Any of those hit home, Terry? Christian Horner is unbearable in every episode. Because obviously he's winning again and he loves winning and he loves rubbing his... Like the bit I mentioned in the State of F1 thing there, there, there's this really weird like team principles like meeting that they've given the cameras access to. And it is a bit weird because Toto Wolff starts going, oh, the poor thing's really dangerous. Someone's going to get killed. And then like Christian Horner's like, is he just playing that for the camera? And I'm like, of all the people in the fucking world <laughs> I have a go at playing up to the fucking camera, it's Christian <laughs> mugging, oh, God, the FIA is so mean to us. Boo-hoo-hoo. It's like... Oh, fucking hate it. <laughs> Sorry. So that is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about killing chicanes, or at least one chicane. Uh, the final chicane at Barcelona that slowed everybody down before they went onto the straight is gone for this year. They will just be barreling around a big long corner and onto the back straight at full speed, which is good news because that was a silly set of corners. And to Terry Saunders. We also have no time to talk about the Las Vegas promo that F1 just released, where they got all the drivers to wear kind of sequin jackets. What? Which is fine. <clears throat> it's kind of fine, but the sequin jackets look... They don't look Vegas. They look kind of Primark. I can't put my finger on it, but... <laughs> I haven't it seen like this. looks like someone with a very... It's, it's weird. Has that just come out now? I think it was in the last couple of days, yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, just the fucking the picture of Kevin Magnussen in the preview. Oh, what is this? Oh no. Oh, what are they doing? Oh, what's this? Oh, no, no, no. This is going to be awful. We are going to be back very soon, but in the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake, and follow us on Twitter, where we are at for F1's sake. We still have merch, not the merch we were promised last episode, though, were we? Terry. Is that right? Or maybe there is some new merch if you go to ff1s.com forward slash shop shop shop. <gasps> no. Is there? No. no. <laughs> will there will there be? <laughs> so yeah, if you want one of our Stoffel Van Dorn t shirts, we've probably still got those. If you want well, a Rio Harry no, it'll be in, like- it'll be in it'll be in Alpha Tauri this year. Yeah. All okay. you Roberto Merry like fans, One- we've got what you need. If you like FF1S vintage merch, then uh, <laughs> you know where to go. We've got a t-shirt saying how brilliant Gunter <laughs> Steiner is, how things have changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that literally look, came look, out five look, years look, ago. I, <laughs> That's one of the newer ones. Oh, I don't dear. see you two fucking designing t-shirts. <laughs> Maybe True, I will. Yeah. Maybe I'll learn how to be a graphic yeah, designer and design it. a t-shirt. You don't need to learn how to be a graphic designer. You just got to shove a face on it, and uh, it's really easy. <laughs> I don't know why I don't do more of it. Thanks for listening. See you for the racing. I've been Chigres. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.